Hi, I'm Bonnie Habian, class of 1986, and you're watching Dingo Talk. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Bonnie Habian, class of 1986. Bonnie's going to tell us everything about her time during when she was a student at Bethany. Uh, she's going to tell us about how comps and whatnot prepped her for what her new career is, which also includes being an author um, and some other things sprinkled in there. But it's not my job to tell Bonnie's story. That's why we have her on the show. So without further ado, this is Bonnie Habian. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Bonnie Habian, class of 1986. Bonnie, thank you for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we're going to do this the same way we do every week. I'm going to find out how you got to Bethany, this corner of Brook County, remote as it is. <laughs> um, talk about your time at Bethany, and then we'll take a break, send it to the guy that is the proprietor in the town of Bethany, and then come out and we'll tell everything from leaving Bethany and what you're doing now. Uh, so... Where are you from originally, and how do you end up here in Bethany, West Virginia? Originally from Maryland, a little town, well, it's much bigger than, than Bethany, called Bel Air, Maryland. And, um, you know, back then, when you were looking to go to a college, you didn't have all of these online resources. I remember going into my uh, high school uh, library and looking through brochures, and one of the brochures that came across was Bethany College, and I really liked it because... <laughs> They had like a really cute basketball player in the gym. And I'm like, wow, this looks like a really cool place to go. And then, you know, looking through it as well, I saw that they had a big uh, focus at the time on communications and journalism. So um, figured I would check it out. I also liked that it was a small school. So, you know, my family and I took this long drive out there, which I still remember my mother and father saying, you are not going to this school because you had to wind up all those roads once you get off the highway. And I forget what part of Pennsylvania, um, you know, it is, but it was just crazy, crazy uh, windy. And I also remember that it was like the year of the, the, of the, the locust and it was just extremely loud. Um, but I remember how beautiful it was with all of the hills. And I loved looking up at I guess would be called at the time, you know, the Greek areas where, where they had like these chalet looking houses. And I got to meet, you know, um, Mr. Cunningham, who at the time was the soccer coach and just really, really affable and friendly. And everyone I met was just so welcoming. And I said, I think I can come here and just do anything I want, right? If you want to be on the TV show, you can. If you want to join a club you've never been to, you can. So the stars aligned and uh, I ended up in Bethany. So academically, was there a big jump for you from Bethany, from high school to Bethany? Was it comp? Was it, was it, did, did, did you struggle or was it something that you were, you were already academically kind of right? And yeah. Yeah. we weren't ready to be in college. And you have to no, you, you know, I think to me, there's two things. I look at college and I say, it's not really the academics that really make you grow. It's kind of the experience of being on your own. So I can remember feeling so overwhelmed and, and kind of lost. And, you know, uh, back at that time, you could only call maybe once a week. It was, you know, a collect call or whatnot. I also remember having one of my first class um, with Dr. Shaver. It was a communications, general communications class. And I did not do well on my first like, big exam. What a wake up call because I'd always been used to doing very well, but it was learning a different way to study. And it was higher standards. Uh, certain things weren't gonna to be tolerated. You know, you had to have a certain level of, 
of um, kind of caliber of your work. And so that got me into gear, you know, pretty quickly. Um, but it was a little bit of a challenge because of you, you, the communication back then, you don't have like you have now. Um, it was just very remote, um, you know, new people. And the same challenges most people have when they go to college. So you, you came in already, you were gonna be a communications major, right? That was from the- Yes, that was the start. definitely. Um, what drew you to the, to the department? You touched on a couple of things, the fact that you could come in right away and if you wanted to do a TV show or whatever, but what was the, what, what drew you into the department? Uh, I, you know, the caliber of the professors, hearing from other folks, how, how good some of the professors were, how they felt that, you know, they had a lot of access around as well. So if you went to Bethany, you could, you know, leverage wheeling, um, you know, West Virginia, maybe the TV station there, or some of the local affiliations they had, and, you know, the alumni network, things of that sort. So I felt that it would be a good, good way to get some really great hands-on experience, uh, you know, in a, in a very quick way. And what were some, is there any projects that stand out to you that you remember from your time yeah. in the department? I, yeah, we all do, right? I remember the senior project that we all had to do. And I remember what, you know, that was something that was extremely hard, but probably one of the better things I, I did because it taught me how to research and the standards were high of what they wanted you to do. So I remember having, I was doing something like with, I was also like a, a minor in French. And so I wanted to do something on multi, multicultural differences in, in communications. And I remember like having to pick up the phone and, and calling radio stations to ask them about different things with language. And it was a ton of work. I mean, you don't have what we have now to be able to go online or be able to email someone. It was totally different. And I remember you know, spending money from, from these collect calls and, and putting all of these things together. And back then you had like the typewriter and not a computer, so using the whiteout. And I look back now and I think, my God, it, the, the tools that we had before us were, were not very you know, supportive of what we needed to do, but <laughs> the tenacity, which you had to have to get through it is where you learn. So I remember the senior project. Um, I remember a couple of the clubs they had, I think it was like society for collegiate journalists, things of that sort. Um, the Tower, I loved, you know, I was a features reporter on what was then the, the newspaper. And of course, we all remember the comps. The comps were, you know, just like uh, the, the bar exam, I would say, for, for college. And most of my other friends never had that in any of the colleges that they went to. So I felt in some respects, Bethany did raise that up a notch. And that was something that was probably a really great learning experience, as stressful as it made it for everybody. It was something that really it required you to apply. Um, and I was probably, you know, look back now, a little bit weak in that area. I've learned since then, but to take everything you've learned for four years and now having to apply it to real life situations uh, and then sit in front of them orally and have to kind of defend and, and talk. Defend it's, your theories and how- Yeah, defend, what, right. I, you know, that's, that was a good thing for, for, you know, students back then. So let's move to the social aspect of Bethany. As we said, it's a, uh, once you're here, especially yeah. if you're not a Pittsburgh kid or a Wellsburg kid, once you get to Bethany, you are here until break. Yeah, yeah. So socially, I know that M's would have been around, Bubba's was around. M's, yep, M's was there. Chambers, you guys had the Beehive. What... What was the social dynamic of Bethany? Because I know Greek was big and I know concerts and whatnot was big, but what stands out to you that was the social aspect of Bethany? 
Well, you know, I think I always say to my, my daughter when she went away to college, I said, it's the only time that you will be able to live with your friends for four years. And every day, if you would like, you could just be having a party or, or have therapy with your girlfriend, you know, and Bethany, I felt like was hyper, that was a kind of a hyper, you know, um, scenario in which you were really hyper in a little teeny, teeny area. And you really got to know everybody somewhat to a fault. Like if you did something bad and got too drunk one night and God knows, you know, did something that was a little controversial, the whole school knew about it. Or if you hooked up with some guy, they everyone knew, everyone knew everything. So you had to kind of watch that. But there was also a beauty in that and having that intimacy. So, you know, um, Bubba's was huge, 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 huge. And if you, you know, really wanted to do something as a treat, you, you hopped in a car and you went down to um, Wellsburg at the Pizza Hut, they had a Pizza Hut. And that was like a huge treat. Um, socially, there were always parties every weekend. You know, I remember KA, which I don't even know if it's still there, had like a goldfish party and you'd all have to come and eat goldfish. I don't know if they still do that, but that was something that was, you know, pretty interesting. So all of these various different social things that I'd never experienced before. Um, and at the time it was 18 for everything. So I thought I had just died and went to heaven because I was coming from Maryland, which had just turned, I think, 21. And then you, you come to college and 18, you could drink anything you wanted. So um, it was uh, definitely a fun fun social social uh, college for sure, with a lot of different things to do that were both organized and unorganized. But yes, Bubba's was the center of our social life. Now you brought up Greek life. Were you a member of Greek? I was, I was in FIMU. And um, yeah, I, you know, great memories of that. Um, I, I had the privilege of being the president of the sorority. So I was probably a little, I'm a warrior. So of course I probably was, you know, drove some people nuts because of all the, the, the violations that would potentially come with having big parties and things of that sort. But um, yeah, I was, and I love the little sister, big sister type of celebrations and just being part of something. I don't know how that would, you know, doesn't probably fit into our society as much now, but it certainly was a huge part of Bethany back then. And why, if I can ask, why did, why did you decide to go find you? Um, I, I just think that it was, a lot of a similar, you know, very social people at the time. So it was just more of this social aspect of, of belonging to a, a really, really social group. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. When you're 18 or whatever, it's where some of your friends are going and they seem cool. So <laughs> that was the decision. <laughs> before, we, before we got on the air, you started, you were, we were going back and forth about some of the speakers and some of the concerts that you yeah. guys had when you were in school. Is there any any speaker or concert that just pops to your head as we're as we're talking? You know, I mean, you're talking 35 years back. I remember they had a really good baseball player come that was from Pittsburgh. Uh, I remember they had a, a pretty strong, um, you know, someone that was really into politics, a former head of something come. So there were definitely some notable folks. Nothing in particular that I can say, oh my God, that was the best concert ever. But they did have some notable names, even a concert or two of some, some folks that people were excited to come. They'd have it in the field house, um, you know, um, for the concerts. And um, so they definitely did always had something going on. It was a very, very, a lot of organized things as well, which was great. Now, do you we'll put all of that together? Does that kind of help in a situation like Bethany where it's not like most colleges where if you go to a big city or, or, or even the smaller schools 
there's still a town. There's still a lot of stuff to do where for those of the, that haven't come to Bethany, they, they think we're crazy when we say there's nothing to do here, but there, there really is just, there's a road yeah. in, there's a road out and what's in between the mile and a half of town. I mean, the fact that you guys had so many social aspects going on, um, for what, 600, 700 kids, right? Yeah, there, there was. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I know Bubba's is no longer there. And that was, you know, such a fond memory um, every day going in there and seeing, you know, Bubba was there all the time. So it was a little intimidating. <laughs> um, and then there was a Chuck, the, the bartender. And those two were like staples for the four years we were there that you become friends with them. You go and chat, you felt safe there, you felt okay. Um, you know, it, it, it was a different culture. Small, yeah, really small. Um, some things I really liked about it and some things I look back and I, I didn't like about it so much, but overall it was definitely a really un unique and memorable experience. And if it's, you know, we've had some great alumni come from there that's done very well as, you know, too. So I think academically as well as socially, it certainly, you know, checked all the boxes for me. Well, it's interesting that you, cause I don't think Bubba's gets that rep. People forget that that was the reputation is that one, like you said, in the eighties, in the eighties, the drinking age in West Virginia is eighteen. Yeah. So now you don't have to put these kids on the road. You're no. Walk down to the town. Correct. Bubba's, and not only were they going in there and spending money, obviously Bubba, a businessman, Chuck, a businessman, trying to make money, but they were also there as as pseudo parents to make sure, um, hey. When you get into the real world, if you act like that at a bar, they're gonna throw you out. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's interesting. It was it was like a little bit of a home away from home where you went. You knew you were you know eighteen at the time, but you had two adults kind of making sure that you, you, nothing really bad happened to you. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember M's. It's funny you you brought that up. Boy, but that was like on a dirt road. Uh, you know, way out there. Yeah, way out there and. And I think that was some of the, you, you think about it now, I mean, some of the dark areas that are there, you know, you never felt fearful of anything. I mean, we would walk up hills without lights and um, it just was Bethany. It was just different, you know? So the other little, I guess, little known nugget about you here at Bethany was you came in as a regular student, but you did participate with the softball team. I did. During yeah. the buildup of the softball program, because I, I had Coach Forsty on earlier, um, well, at the end of 2021, and she was talking of how the program kind of took on a life of its own once there was more funding and whatnot that happened. But why softball? I played it in high school, played it in, in um, grade school. So it just was another, you know, oh, I guess I'll continue on and, and try out for the team. And so uh, you had a great coach at the time. I forget her last name. It was Nan was her first name. I, I know she continued to go on and coach at different places, but it was a lot of fun. And then I, I played it up until my senior year. And then I, when I was, became president of the sorority, I just said, I don't think I can do everything at once. And I kind of hung up my softball glove, which, you know, was fine. I enjoyed it during the time, but I remember getting in vans and driving so far away to play other 
schools, none of them were close. And we'd have these box lunches that we got from the, ba the barn or where the calf or whatever it was. And I, I look back and I think, God, every game must have been at least two, two and a half hours of a ride. And that's different. If you do it with a D1 school, you travel differently. But this was a D3 school and wasn't like softball was a main attraction for Bethany. So you kind of took whatever you got and the coach would drive the, the van and you know, we'd, we'd get there all crammed in the van with our snack and come back and, you know, do it all over again the next day. So we've come to that point. I got to send it to Chambers. But before I do, is there any memories that pop into your head of that little small store that has everything that you could possibly think of? Yeah, I, I remember just kind of going in there and that would be my place to go, you know, if I had a few extra dollars to be able to buy something kind of special, whether it be something from the butcher that I was going to make in a hot pot or just, you know, some snacks that I wanted. It was, a, it was a special treat. And I always remember seeing the same people there and knew it was family owned. And I seem to remember, I, I don't, I seem to remember a bell, like some sort of a, like when you open the door. There's Is it still there? It. Yes, it does. Okay. I see that, that's, that, that, I seem to remember that. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, fond memories. And, and I hadn't thought about that much until you mentioned it at the beginning. So good stuff. Well, as I said, we got to send it to Chambers General Store. Harry Chambers will be taking over the commercial here in a second. Uh, Chambers doesn't have it. You don't need it. It's on the back of their new shirts, and it's 100% factual. You can get everything in that store, and if he doesn't have it, he'll order it for you. might take two weeks to get here because, you know, we're a geographical anomaly sometimes <laughs> how things come in. Um, you can also get the Shroom Capital of the World shirts. Those are the third. It's the third run of those. Um, and if you're just looking for uh, a hot meal or a cold meal, you can have, uh, it's that time of year, so soups are in. First Friday of every month is fish. He's got a daily lunch special. Anything from the deli, if you can think of a sandwich, he'll make it if he has the stuff. And uh, I, I've said it multiple times on this show. I'm sure people are getting annoyed with me saying it, but if you came to Bethany, didn't stop at Chambers, you didn't actually come to Bethany because it's literally on Main Street. you got to drive by it one way or the other. Um, but this is Bonnie Habian, class of 1986. I'm Carla Guadamino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour, and Harry Chambers, take it away. While you're in Bethany, make sure you stop in the store for a daily lunch special, breakfast sandwiches all day, try out the biscuits and gravy, guaranteed it'll fill you up, and also look for our new burnt orange chambers. If we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts and our psychedelic green third edition Bethany mushroom capital of the world t-shirts. Now back to you, Dingo. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest, Bonnie Habian, class of 1986. We left off, we were talking about, we talked about Bubba's, we talked about Greek life, we talked about softball, we talked about everything <laughs> you can think of in Bethany and Bonnie you mentioned earlier in the in the segment this that that damn test that connects all of us that for for four years everybody panics and then once you take it well can't wait for the next person to take it but I never have to do it again so how did comps go for you and what were some of your studying tech techniques and uh, then we'll go from there I, it was so stressful, probably one of the top 10 stressful times I can remember. Um, and that's probably just because, you know, you, you make yourself worry so much that, oh my God, you know, you hear people failing the comps and have to take them over. And um, it just had this aura of being the end all worst thing ever, right? So 
and prepping at, gosh, you know, again, you asked me a long time ago, um, and everything back then was all handwritten. So you had to cut, keep all, you know, all of your notebooks from the, your freshman year on and um, just going back and, and, you know, doing reviews that the, uh, the professors back then would start a couple weeks before doing reviews and give you ideas of what you should be uh, familiar with and what you shouldn't. But there was nothing worse that, you know, you'd hear the professors and kind of outline what you needed to know. And I hated that you'd go in there and take them and you'd come out and say, they didn't even put half the stuff they told us on there, right? So I can remember that being like uh, my greatest memory of things that I really spent tons of time trying to study and learn and make sure I had nailed down and it wasn't even on there. Um, I remember the feeling of walking out afterwards and the friends being there and popping champagne. And I have that photo still. And every now and then I, I share it. It was a really, really cold day and uh, you know, came out of the building, which was then housed, um, it was the information center where, you know, um, wonder if they still have that where people would answer the phones and kind of, you know, uh, connect them across the place. And it was a place you would come if you were a visitor. So um, that's where my comps were in one of the little small offices there. And uh, yeah, I remember that, that the feeling of, of how great it was. One of the other things I remember, this is very interesting. I remember maybe it was the first or second day of comps. That was the day that the challenger um, had exploded. So I remember us all walking in to comps, um, which at the time, and I forget the name of the, the, the building, which is right from the library, the circular building. And I remember us kind of hearing about it and then watching it, you know, the entire rest of the day after comps, you know, as we tried to study, but to watch that over and over again, uh, back at Fine you. So there are the memories I have about during that time, a lot of snow, it, it was always the, like the first week in January or somewhere in January, right? Because uh, you would have come third back J term, so it would have been the third or fourth, right? Third, third, first week, yeah, third or fourth week, yeah. Um, it's yeah. interesting you bring up the uh, the opening the test and realizing that everything you studied was not maybe what was going to be on it. I remember opening the first first day of testing and sitting there for five minutes in my chair Everybody else is panic writing. Yes. And I'm reading the test going, studied, studied for, for seven, seven days, like aggressive studying. And I've been studying since January for this dang test. And you asked, that's what you asked me. I was so mad at more of the question than I was the, I didn't, because I knew it. It was very, you know, once I got into it, it was good, but it was just one of those things. It's nice to hear that other people felt that way too. Yeah. And we had the blue books. There were these little blue books. Mm -hmm. they, they don't still use them, do they? Yep. They That's, do? That is comps, the blue books. Yeah. So it's, it's and you just write away and write away and write away. And, and you're always you know, panic if you don't fill up, like if you're, if you're doing the blue books, and then all of a sudden you see somebody turn in and they got a blue stack of blue books like this, and you're filling out maybe two to the four or five or six that somebody else turns in. Uh, but that's the whole with every other major, you know, you don't know what their, yeah. their requirements are compared to ours. And then you um, all compare afterwards. What did you put for this? Oh, really? Oh, I don't think I did that right. No, it was no, God, don't, I don't that's know. That's where the panic sets in is that you're, you start talking to people in your major. What did you answer that one? Oh, I, that's not what I answered. Oh. I know. And then you feel like you just, oh, that was silly. How did I not? So yeah, just, and remember then you had to wait days until afterwards too to find out how you did and 
all of that. And then you do the oral part and then you, you know, it, yeah, but what a relief it was when it was all over. Yeah. <laughs> I still have dreams about it. <laughs> I, dreams, nightmares, one of the two. I still yeah. think they're like, I still think they're going to call me back to make me do them. I know, I know, I know. Crazy. So you get to, so you comped in January, you have, then you have basically the entire second semester to finish your senior project Yep. and roll into graduation. So what was step one outside of, so you walk across the stage, senior project gets turned in, you walk across the stage. What is step one in adult life for Bonnie? Back then, you, 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 go, you were to go home and just get a job. So I went back home, lived with my parents for a bit. I started going to grad school, uh, Towson University, just because I wasn't sure what else to do at the time. Um, then I, um, got a, I, I got a job, which is an interesting story. It was called Miss Oriole. So I went for this contest for the Baltimore Orioles and won, right? It was this fan-based funny contest that you could never do now. And as part of that, I got to go, to go around to different radio stations and talk about all of the events that were coming up for the baseball team. That got my foot in the door. So I was able to become a, a DJ for a little bit for a love song show. And also that's where I met my husband. So my husband was a, a, a baseball player and so uh, weren't supposed to date. And we broke the rules and started to date and then ended up getting married like five, six years later. So that was able to get my foot into the door there. Then I worked at a, a small cable TV station in Carroll County, Maryland. And then of course, what happens when you fall in love sometimes, you end up following that person or, or planning your life together and uh, got engaged, moved to New York and worked for a, um, uh, a company, a utility company doing their video show. It was like a video employee show that we would you know, write, videotape and, and distribute at that time on VHS. Um, from there, you know, I ended up, um, getting married. I traveled with my husband for a while because it was a short, kind of a different type of career going from state to state, depending on whatever team he was playing for. And then, um, after I had my baby ended up going back and working in a small TV, uh, station, uh, in Long Island, and then went back, uh, to the same utility company I had started with as a corporate spokesperson. So I was, uh, crisis communications and worked with the press and, you know, with any sort of um, issues that, that arose during that time. It was a large utility company. And from there, I went and uh, got finished my master's, went on for an MBA in banking and finance, and then started my career in real estate, uh, which I'm now uh, a CMO, chief marketing officer. So um, all of the things I learned at Bethany, I certainly used. And it certainly has helped me to get to what is my latest project, which is, you know, publishing my first book. And so let's talk about that first book. What is the, hmm. um, what was behind deciding to write it? Yeah. Why? And, and um, well, let's go, let's start there. Why, why, why a book? To me, it's, it's all about if you have something to say and, you know, um, who has more of a bigger imprint on your life for the most part than you and your mom, right? So my mom is super funny. She's been very, very funny for years. And uh, my nieces and nephews and I said, we just need to start writing this stuff down. And I did about, started about 10 years ago. Everything that she said that would sometimes be a little, I call it sweet and salty at the same time. Um, <laughs> but a lot of it, if you peel back the layers has a lot of core values behind it. You know, love your family. Um, don't ever depend on anyone except yourself. Um, you know, 
um, be good to your children, help them, uh, you know, different things of that sort um, that I started to glean from all of the things she was saying. And it helped me understand her a little bit more. But I think it also um, is just kind of a, a memoir that I think puts a lot of things into perspective in a comical way. So um, my mom's 90 and she's still with us. And um, the book is now with the publisher and it will be coming out in May. And um, that is a huge accomplishment just for, for me. And it, it takes a lot to do that. And it was a huge marathon. And, it, you know, I don't expect to make money from it. It's more of a, an accomplishment for me, a milestone for me that I can leave for my family. But I am starting a second book, which I think will be much more uh, guided towards uh, careers and women and um, a professional, more of a professional style book. Um, the, the name of your first book is The World According to Beth. Best, yeah. My mom's name is Bess. Bess. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny memoir with real life stories, um, you know, that, that really give you a perspective on, on life, you know. Um, it's um, mostly anecdotes of things she said that are pretty funny. Some are poignant. Um, and then there are, you know, just different chapters of how, how to look at life. And um, as I would say, it's the world according to her because she sees things differently. But then if you peel it back, you're like, well, she's a little bit right about that, you know? And so, yeah, she doesn't quite understand, you know, why are you doing all this work? Why, why are you doing all of that? And, you know, it makes you stop and think. And I'm like, what else, what, you know, if you, if you look at it, yeah, it's a lot of work, but what, what greater tribute is there, you know, for, for a parent or for someone that's had an impact in your life and you write a book about them, right? So, but a lot of it in terms of the confidence to do it and to take that on came from education and started with my eighth grade teacher in middle school who said, you have a really nice talent for writing. You should continue to pursue it. Going into communications at Bethany, right? Um, I wrote and did my senior project and I, whatever the award was at the time, I won that, that award for whatever. The, the, so these were affirmations that, okay, you can do this, you know? And if a professor or two took an interest, um, I was senior fellow at the time. I don't know if they still have that, but that was something as well that was an affirm, you know, affirmation that, well, you, you can write, you can communicate. So those little things, if you work really, really hard, help build that foundation and being able to, to stop and be a features writer on the tower or to do a TV show or to, you know, sit with a professor an hour and talk about things one-on-one -on -one gave me that confidence to say, well, you know, this is a microcosm of the world, but who's to say I can't go out and now do that? in the real, yeah. real world. And that's that's all the building blocks, I think that, you know, people come around you and mentor you and you have that that good experience help you to, you know, take a little chance here and there. And that will, so, and the book will be released in May. In May. In May, so. But you can check out my website at meetbonnieh.com. Sign up, because it's pretty funny, some funny stuff she says. So, um, you know, you can check it out there. Okay, and we will slide that link in right below for anybody who didn't catch it. Oh, thank you. That way we can get some traffic coming to the, the website. Um, last two questions. Um, what would you say the brand is of Bethany? What is the brand? If we were marketing it to someone, what is the brand? Uh, a great liberal arts college that looks at the whole person and um, helps you to experience life in ways that you never would think possible because of how, how, how intimate it is. Um, yeah, I, I, it's an experience, a real experience. And 
if you were talking to a senior in high school right now, why Bethany? I mean, there's there's small schools all over the country. Why why are why are small school? Why this little nook, this little corner of the woods? Because I think it allows you to take advantage of things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable in doing at a larger school, and it's it's kind of a step in between high school and the real world giving you the opportunity to go out there and leverage and find out what you really want because you can so actively participate and do uh, you know, anything that you want or try anything new that you want without that, that fear of, of rejection that you may get at a larger school because it's you know, someone else has been doing it for 20 years, but you've never had the opportunity. So for me, it was you know, as well being surrounded by very high quality um, teachers and professors that helped may have had really, really big life experiences and you're able to kind of, you know, absorb all of that from them to, to give you the confidence to try the things that you want to try when you get out of college. And one last time before we, we wrap everything up, let's hear the website one more time, just so that we can. Meetbonnieh.com. So the link will be right below Bonnie. You click on or highlight it, put it into your, into your browser and you'll be able to get all of that. Um, Bonnie, I want to say thank you very much. We've come to that point of the of time. It's it's the end of the show. Um, thank you for being a part of the alumni tour. Um, for those of you at home, and right here in the middle, there's probably a big circle that says Dingo Talk. Hit that and then hit the subscribe button. Uh, in the top corner above Bonnie will be the most recent episode that we had. Bottom corner will be the playlist where you can find all of these episodes. Um, you can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. TikTok, it's at Dingo Talk. Uh, Instagram, it's Dingo underscore talk. And Twitter is at Dingo Talk. Um, but I am Carla Guadamina. This has been Bonnie Habian, class of 1986. And we will see you next week, Chuckleheads. Know by now. You want to know by now. You want to know by now.